Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 405 of Longbox Heroes. Todd and Joe joining you here. And just as I said that, Todd, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, Joe. I think you you might be able to hear some of the fireworks in the background from me. Um, There's a big firework party going on outside. There's been a big firework party going on in my general neighborhood since Mm -hmm. the CVS a a block away to the north moved to a newer CVS. You know how, like, all... Walgreens and CVSs and all these whatever all have like the same exact look now mm-hmm. where they all got remodeled. Well, we had an old CVS that got abandoned and moved west to a new looking CVS. The old CVS building became a firework supply store that's open until midnight. Well, that's because they changed the laws this year around here. Before it was just sparklers and snakes. Now it's big boom stuff. Well, and see, and that's such the weird thing, too, is because these places have existed in Pennsylvania, but they couldn't sell to Pennsylvania residents. I I try not to understand the law. Then I'm tempted to break it. All I know is there's a lot of fireworks going on. So if either one of us are distracted... It's by the loud mortar shells that are being lit off 100 100 feet from our homes. That's right. It's not the rock-solid Skype connection that we have. Listen to uh, the truncated After Dark this week for some of our technical woes. (laughs) Oh, oh, woe is me. As Todd uh, also gets to be put on a list regarding uh, remarks that he made about a certain... uh, TV star's daughter. <laughs> and movie director. Don't oh, he directs movies too? Yes. I just thought and he was in those TV shows in the 50s and the 70s, and then he was the narrator on uh, Arrested Development. I didn't know he did anything else. No, he, yeah, no, I think he did that Apollo 13. Oh, okay. Anywho, we have stuff to talk about this week. Uh, not a ton of news, just kind of. A follow-up from last week's Walmart DC sort of situation going on. And surprisingly, with this week's books, a large amount of discussion about spoiler, uh, like the spoiler culture, the spoiler nature that there is in comic books. And we will give you, the listener, ample warning, because both Todd and I have read Batman number 50... And Catwoman number one to be discussed here today as you're listening to this show that comes out after midnight on the 4th. You could say, we have some bat news. Oh my goodness. (laughs) No wonder poor Wade Barrett quit professional wrestling. Uh, I could say we have some cat news too. And you just did. Uh, we also are going to have uh, conventions this week uh, going on, some digital sales and freebies, what we're looking forward to coming out next week, as well as uh, some discussion of the latest episode of Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. 
So let's get into it with our follow-up from last week regarding this whole controversy with Walmart and DC having the audacity to try to make money in 2018. Yeah, they suck. Mm-hmm. But not for this. Oh, okay. They suck for completely different reasons? Yeah, we'll get to those in a second. Oh, okay. So I have not been to Walmart in a while, and anytime that I, anyone that I know tells me that they are on their way to or are going to Walmart, I always say, oh, look for the uh, DC Comics. Look for those uh, big hundred pagers. And most people uh, say to me they don't know what they're, what I'm talking about. Now, I haven't been to Walmart myself to go hunting them down. And I do like that there was a glut of articles online of people like, we're going to tell you where they are at Walmart. I'm like, I could figure it out. I don't Not think they're going to be in the ju- like you go to Walmart sometimes and things are a little a little haphazard especially when you get toward the checkout counters mm-hmm. because the bin of $3 Blu-rays is right next to the bin of soon to expire bottles of Snapple. So things what? do get a little haphazard in the layout of Walmart. But I didn't think these books were going to be the junior miss department, and I didn't think they were going to be in the hunting supply section either. Um, I've heard they've been in places as next to the register. In the you know, you know how the Walmart has their like little weird uh, like trading card section near the near the near the registers and other stuff. They have like weird like the Funko Pops and other fad things there. They were there, and then they were in the toy section too. I heard. That's where they were just moved around because they have these little cardboard stand-ups for them, and that's where they go. Where they, so they can move them wherever they want, Joe. You would think they would have had a spinner rack to really stick it to the uh, local retailers. Well, I hate spinner racks, by the way. Right. I I like the idea of a spinner rack, mm-hmm. but in practice and in execution, <laughs> they fail on every level. Two things I hate about the spinner rack. You might as well just, and I'm not a mint, mint like comic guy. They just mangle comics because when people grab them, they just bend them over. And like I'm like, if you're gonna have a spinner rack in your store, oil that sucker up. I hate that. I'm like, no, no, just stop it, stop it. I hate that sound. I'm anti spinner rack. Well, I guess uh, the folks who were going hunting to their local Walmarts, were successful, and are already flipping these $5 Walmart books on eBay for upwards to 20 some dollars See if they were straight to retailers, the retailers could have pocketed that 20 and no eBay fees. Oh, there you go. I don't even know. Lost supply and demand, Joe. But then they got to pay taxes on it twice. You're paying taxes to Walmart, then you're paying taxes when you resell them. Oh, my goodness. And then, do they have taxes on that nearly expired Snapple iced tea? <laughs> no, I think food, there is no tax on food. Uh, unless it's luxury food. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just find it funny that, you know, there was all this hoopla about the books. People were complaining. We did talk about how certain retailers were going to storm the beaches of Normandy and get their their copies of the 100 pages, and now they're 20-some dollars online. Um, a lot of weird stuff going on with those Walmart books. Did you get a chance to get one? No, but I did get a text message from a certain artist who may have 12 pages in the first one saying that he found a copy up there for him. I don't know if they're going to send him comps or not, 
but he wanted one either way. So he went up and, and he texted me where they were. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was one of those places that I mentioned. That's how I knew that's where they were. It might have been the toy section. I was say, well, I just... So, oh, this is related but unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, hot Walmart talk. They moved where you pick up... You know how every company... Uh, we just mentioned before about your CVSs, your Walgreens, and your places like that. Right. You can go to their w- website, and you can print your pictures off there, right? Right. You upload your pictures on your computer, you upload them to the Walmart, whomever site, you print them out, you, you send the order, you pay for them, and they'll print them out. So, you know, there's people who like to still have physical pictures in 2018, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. At Walmart, they move the pictures from, like, the online order section mm-hmm. to the electronic section because now you have to sign a form that says the pictures that you're sending to be printed out by Walmart are not breaking some sort of copyright. Like, that these are photos that you actually took. Well, that's an interesting story, because when Tom, our local resident artist, he's allowed to sell prints of certain characters, he has to, when he goes to, like, Staples or wherever he gets his copies made, he has to take a permission slip from D.C. to get those printed up really yep the fact that that's happening means somebody got sued well i was at a con and uh there was an artist uh who was selling lanyards that had his artwork on it Mm -hmm. with you know comic characters and stuff and uh somebody told me he's like he somebody asked where'd you get that lanyard so-and-so got off off of this artist Went over, well, he doesn't have any more because he got pinched by the Marvel people where it was like, it's your turn. Like, we have to we have to earn our paychecks. So we go around. We don't shut everybody down. You know what I mean? Like, they might shut the little guys down. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you work for Marvel, you're like, yeah, like, you can't do, like, all this. Like, you can't become, like, a merchandise store. Like, we'll let you sell prints. That's okay. Your, your artwork, you're not selling our characters. You're selling the draw. The, they say you're selling the drawing, your drawing time and other stuff. But, like, when you start getting too big, they're like, all right, we pinch you. This con, don't sell anything of this stuff. It, and they won't shut everything down. You know what I mean? It's when you start mass producing an item or items. Right. Or, like, just to show force. They might come over and do this one artist. Like, this one thing you can't sell here today. Sell everything else, but we have right, to just... Right, because oh, that, that does better word of mouth than shutting everyone down, because you shut one guy down and you scare everyone else. Right. And word of mouth does your job for you. Words get you every time. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll remember to men- I'll bring this one up. All right, I just wrote something down, so uh-huh. go ahead. Of course you did. <laughs> so... Um, we'll be keeping a close eye on this Walmart fiasco as things go on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fiascos, Todd. <laughs> I knew that was the, the segue. Go ahead. I'm not sure if you knew this, but uh, through the New York Times over the weekend, DC decided to spoil what was going to happen in Batman 50 before it comes out in stores. Yeah, I heard this. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, there's no way you, I heard more about the spoiling of the spoiler than the actual spoiler. Mm-hmm. Luckily we have, but 
we're very in tune with what's going on in the world of comic books doing a comic book podcast. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, we have our friends, our acquaintances, our ne'er-do-wells that we interact with who are much more laser-focused on certain aspects of certain things that are going on in the world of comic books. Mm-hmm. Like our friend Becky, who has invested quite a bit into what's going on with this Batman number 50. Personal crusade, I think it's the word you're looking right. for. So I think she might have been the first one to be notified mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. I think I saw her tweets before I saw anyone or anything else's tweets that it was spoiled. Right, and then you stooged off to me, because I forget what we were talking about. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't remember what we were texting each other about, Todd? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so then I got it. And then once I had, I just, I stopped looking, you know, like online and stuff like that. And I shut down my Twitter for most of the weekend. Right. And typically when these things come out and they're so heavily publicized, like we knew this Batman wedding thing was happening minimally three to four months ago. Mm-hmm. So I think as a collective, we knew to be on high alert for this sort of thing. Yes, and I do... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And I do believe somewhere in the show, if, like, any listener can go back and knows where it is. I said... I know I said that at least once, maybe twice on this show. I said, this is going to be spoiled somewhere. And not by, like, people. By DC. Right. And DC giving it to the New York Times is DC spoiling it. Everybody wants to blame the New York Times. Blame DC. And I said, it's coming. It is coming. Anybody who doesn't believe this is coming is, is, is like, you know, not very bright. And I was talking with Becky and she's like, can you believe they did this? And I said, how did you not know this was coming? They, they've stooged off how much stuff in the last year and a half that we get, you know, like days before the big write up in the paper. You think the biggest thing in the last year and a half, the last two years, the last five years in comics, that was going to be completely different. They weren't going to do a PR, you know, blitz as it got closer at all. Okay, I guess. I don't know. That's just my take on it. And and I'll say, and so we can get into this as well, about spoiler culture and all this sort of thing. And I was sitting here thinking to myself, you said in the last year and a half, the last however many years it is, Todd, DC spoiled the death of Superman in 1992. Right. Yes, they did. They publicized at least a month in advance to major news outlets that, like, the local news was at our comic book shop to do a piece on the local news because this is for real. DC is really killing off Superman. Death is forever. Now, hell, buy multiple copies because it's never happening again. That's right, because death is forever in comics. And it's going to come in a black bag. It's going to have an armband and blah, blah, blah. And that's my answer to this. And luckily, I mean, this, this story has been told a million times. Luckily, it was a slow news day, you know, for, for super, that Superman day. And that changed everything. And then it was like, oh, they're going to break Batman's back and Wonder Woman is going to be replaced and Green Arrow is going to be replaced and they're killing Wolverine. And, 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 well, no, it was, and Green Lantern, they're killing Green Lantern off. 
and they're they're gonna they didn't kill Wolverine. Well, killing Wolverine is you know more recent, but it was they even tried to press release the whole thing about like Wolverine having the adamantium ripped out of him. Right. I mean, you could do a million stories, and because they want that fire to catch the way it did for Superman, the death of Superman, and it 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 you know almost never will. And I'm I mean that's why. Like, and we talk about the Thunderbolts one is the most famous one of them all. That would never happen today. If that wasn't a bunch of super, like, weird villains, that, like, you know, if that had been, like, Doctor Doom and Red Skull and all of them, it, it probably would have got leaked. So that's, that slipped under the radar. You can't have those today. I mean, it just, I remember when they, when they spoiled that Captain America got killed in Civil War. Spoiler alert, everybody. You know, the original storyline. It, it's it's just been this way, and it's going to be this way. Though there has been a lot of blowback on DC on this one. Right. So, and that's kind of what I want to get into is... Because I think there are so many people that feel so strongly about this uh, impending Batman-Catwoman wedding, which we will be discussing here shortly, mm-hmm. that I think more people are up in arms over it for this one as opposed to so many other ones. Mm-hmm. Because why is this one striking such a chord where the previous, like, 5 or 10 or 15 haven't? Are you asking me, or do you have Well, a... I'm asking the world. Oh, okay. I don't know. I... I think it's because of, again, I don't want to get into spoilers, of the story mm-hmm. is a big part of it, which we'll get into later. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I do think that back in all these other stories that, you know, you pumped and you pushed and you've done things, people didn't. I think this one, people actually had, were going to have midnight parties and they were going to do stuff. And they, they, the, the uh, outcome of the wedding, well, you know, the whole will they, won't they, and it's spoiled by the, the New York Times. Now, are people gonna are people gonna read that book? And the retailers think, you know, by giving the answer away, um, is it's destroying, you know, if people, you know, wanting to see that book. I, I don't know. I, there just seems to be a lot of weird takes on it, and I've seen now that like DC saying. That if you did any promotional stuff, that they might be repaying you for that. Like that's if you put interesting. Ads in the paper. Yes, but they, they the retailers wanted the books to be made fully returnable, and that ain't happening. Uh, well, I'll say this: if enough big retailers make a big enough of a stink, they might have a case to make them returnable. Yes. Nope. You don't think so? Because that's not how returnable works. Like, like, do you mean to have enough pressure to in the court of opinion to get them to want to change, or by the definition of what makes a book returnable? Court of opinion. Oh, okay, maybe court of opinion. Because to, a book, I remember like talking to a retailer. What makes a book returnable is if, like, you know, you say it's going to be this artist, and then they just don't make make it that person before a certain date. Like, you already ordered your books. It's like, well, I ordered them from for Jim Lee to do the art, and now you have uh, Broken Hand Steve doing the art. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not going to, you know, it's not going to sell as well, so these books should be returnable. You know, this is... Well, how... Okay, so, 
you know, I get what you're saying, of course, is if you advertise X artist and you deliver Y artist, and X artist is, you know, one of the biggest names in the industry, and Y artist is, you know, whomever it is, this is a book that was being promoted on the back of a wedding, an event. Mm-hmm. And you went ahead and spoiled what's going to happen not only three days in advance, but over the course of a holiday weekend, where under normal circumstances, I'm sure many retailers may have been closed on this holiday. They right. are staying open on that holiday, more than likely specifically to sell this book. True, true. I agree. Um, I still don't think they're going to make it returnable because they will they will offer up all sorts of things, but they will not do anything to hurt the public sales numbers of those books, if you know what I mean. Well, like, they already did, technically. You know, we'll, we'll find out, you know, in they, a nope. month. No, nope, they did nothing to hurt those sales because those sales are final. Oh, that's, oh boy. No, like people don't understand this. They think, oh, well, you know, the sales numbers are what comic shops sell to the people. They're not. Comic companies don't care if how many fans buy the book. They care how many books the retailers buy. If they're not returnable, if the retailers bought 800,000 copies of the Batman 50, the Bat Wedding, and they sell free and there's 799,997 copies left in stores sitting on shelves in quarter bins yay for the for the for the comic company they don't care about the the retailer can eat that in their mind they get to go we sold 800,000 copies well there's not 800,000 copies in fans hands doesn't matter we sold we have the money in our pocket for 800,000 copies what about the retailers eh Eh, what do you want me to say? They bought them, they're theirs. Right. and That's the way it works. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying is, of course, but this could be the thing that if enough retailers get burnt by them, could this be the thing for them to, uh, you know, big enough retailers to say, hey, we're not going to bite on the next thing like this because you're just going to pull the wool out from under, you know, pull the wool over our eyes, pull the carpet out from underneath us, whatever cliche you want to use because you really messed us up with this Batman thing. My opinion is it will work for the smart retailers. But in my opinion, most retailers are looking for the quick, cheap or quick, fast buck and they get caught up in the hype too. And they will fall for it again because they want their, they don't want to miss we always joke in the comic shop. We we talk about, and this is something like, you know, our retailer and Tom and me and everybody, we always talk about is everybody makes fun of Keanu Reeves as an actor. But yes. they never want to miss out on the next Matrix. They're like, he's done the Matrix. That made a billion dollars. Well, you know what? He made 10 stinky movies after that. But you know what? He may make another Matrix. And that's what's gonna. Ha- that's what happens every time in every field in every industry. Nobody wants to miss the neck. Be like, oh my god, everybody else made money. I could have made money. They're gonna do it again. Like they may not do it for the next three, the next four, but the tenth one, they'll be back for. I, Ooh, no, I believe me. I, I get what you're saying. It's just 
I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this is the one so many people are upset by, you know? Because it's the biggest one, and it's Batman. It's the biggest one for now. But it's also Batman. There's no bigger character. Hmm, I don't know. Spider-Man's pretty big. Nope. I'll argue that all day with you. <laughs> are you serious, or are you just... Um, eh, a little, like, like uh, 49, 51% on this okay. one. Okay. Spider-Man's high up there, but Batman is the, 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 the gold standard of comic book characters. Now, I'm not saying he's my favorite. I'm not saying he's the one, like, literally, when DC, like, was selling their properties, it's like, you know what? And and this was told to me by Mike Carlin when I was in the offices with Tom. I'm name-dropping all around here. Was like, oh, yeah, like, you can't do anything with Batman because Batman has their own set of lawyers and Batman has their own set of, like, distribution rights. And that is a whole kettle of fish you never want to get into. Everything else, Superman's kind of a ball, maybe, and then everything else at DC. But Batman was its own floor at DC for a while. Right. You know what? I would, I would say, of course, on the Marvel side of things, I'm sure Spider Man had been and you know still is to some extent you know marvel's done a good job of building up the avengers properties as their own thing and that's i think dc's problem is they haven't built anyone up to be at that level because you remember growing up as a kid if you were buying dc comic merchandise it was batman superman everybody else right with marvel stuff it was spider-man hulk everybody else yeah. And then you had to go through like a, like almost like a completely other wave of people before you got into like any of the Avenger types, really. Mm-hmm. You know, because even the X-Men were above that. Remember there was a time in the 80s where the Teen Titans were starting to creep up on that for, for DC. The Teen Titans were huge. Right. That was the whole poaching of uh, George Perez and Marv Wolfman from uh, Marvel to bring them over, and they be- and became huge. Yep. But what I'm saying is, in recent years, DC has done nothing. You could make an argument for Harley Quinn. But yes. without Batman, there's no Harley Quinn. I totally agree. Um, they got, they've got they gotten inroads with the CW TV shows. Flash, I think, has become a bigger name because of it. Arrow has certainly become a bigger name, but not Batman big, not Superman big. No, but has anything else become Spider-Man big? Would you say... Uh, well, Iron say Man, Iron? Captain America, Thor... But that's because... I, I I don't know if Thor has become Spider-Man big. Captain America, Iron Man? I, I'll, I'll give you those. I'll give you those. I'm just... I'm throwing my, my opinion out there. But that was because Marvel had to push those guys. Okay. <laughs> Where DC's like... Uh, why do we put any money in anything else? Batman, Batman, you know, just Batman pays for the for for the lights and everything here. Like I know what you're saying, they should push, but I th- I think they are trying. And with this whole DC, you know, entertainment thing that's coming, we're gonna see a Swamp Thing TV show. Well, what more do we want after that? You know what I mean? A Doom Patrol TV show. What? So they, they they have all their ducks in a row because they have everything under one one roof. Where Marvel had to push what they owned 
for a while. And when they get stuff at Disney back, you know, if the, if the, the forces will, then they'll have, you know, Fantastic Four and X-Men again to push and they can kill off the Inhumans. Well, yeah, I'm just, both people who like the Inhumans will be upset about that. (laughs) So we're just mixing up the order a little bit here. Um, only because we're talking about it. So we're going to talk about the books that we've read from this past week now. Mm-hmm. And even though we both read Killer Be Killed, and all I can say about Killer Be Killed, I thought it was great. I uh, love the I... ending. Um, I thought the ride that Brubaker and uh, Phillips took us on was exactly the ride they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not have been 100% wholly satisfying. Right. Uh, I may have wanted to see certain people live and other people die. But Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips got to tell the story that they wanted to tell. My take on it is it wasn't as satisfying as I thought it would be. Um, I think they did they did one fake out in the book that was way too obvious right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I kind of see this coming. And they did it. And they left some things ambiguous. And I enjoyed it. But this wasn't – this was – a great book that I don't think they did. It's not like they got a two on the landing, but to me, they didn't completely stick the landing, which I think is important in a, the legacy of a story for me. And they didn't stick the landing. So I'm like, okay, I really love this book as an ongoing. They didn't really stick the landing. So it moves down into my second or third favorite uh, Ed, uh, Ed Brubaker story and definitely below Fade Out, which is probably still my favorite of all his. But it's still really good. That's just an honest opinion. Right. Now, the other thing that I want to mention, of course, is as, you know, they kind of leave it a little open-ended that there there's room for a sequel if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do know about the next project that Brubaker is doing, which is the original graphic novel, which is coming out in the latter half of this year, I think October. But he did say that his next... Um, you know, single issue thing is not so much as a sequel to the Fade Out, but in that universe. So it's a sequel to the Fade Out. I I want to pull up his exact wording. I don't have the book directly at my fingertips, but yep. again, he he makes it a point to say like it's not a sequel to the Fade Out, but hmm. it's it's Fade Out. Uh, did you say Fade Out or Killer Be Killed? The next thing that he's doing after the graphic, the original graphic novel. Right, but I'm, I'm confused because there's fireworks going off around me. Is it's in the fade-out universe or the killer-be-killed universe? Fade-out universe. Okay. Because I want to, uh, yeah, I guess. So the, I'll be happy then. I like fade-out. I like that era. Right, so it says, after this, uh, unless something changes, we'll be launching the next serialized monthly, a follow-up to the fade-out, which is not really a sequel just another book in that same world with some of the same characters. Um, yeah, so it's, that's essentially what he says, yeah. Uh, it's, are any of those criminal books sequels, or are they just anthologies? Mm, a little bit of both. Right, so you think that's what the fade-out thing's going to be like? Yes. Okay. No you know date, what, though? No date on that, but that's just going to be the next uh, serialized monthly. Mm, let me ask you, is that going on your pool list? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> So, let's get into it. That's that's our talk of uh, Killer Be Killed number 20. Check it out. Uh, whether you're going to get all the trades or wait for some sort of big, giant, oversized collection. 
whatever you're going to do, uh, check it out. It was great. Uh, but let's get into Batman number 50 discussion. Okay. We're going to spoil this. We're also going to spoil uh, Catwoman number one. I'm going to put in the show notes where this discussion begins. So before you even listen to this episode, make sure that you've read the show notes so you can see where this stuff is going to come in. Right. All right. So Batman number 50, written by Tom King, with art by everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. So this book is the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. Which is appended, uh, made to fill out a $5 book with a bunch of pinups by all these different artists and creators. I think it's no less than three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve plus different artists doing big splash pages of Batman and Catwoman together from all different periods of their, uh, the relationship together as recently as the um, issues where Batman and Catwoman went to the county fair with Clark and Lois. Right. All eras, all costumes, stuff like that. And the main part that we're reading is they're going to have the wedding on the roof. Both of them are getting their witnesses. Uh, Batman is going to get the drunkest judge in town, so he won't recall <laughs> uh, what he did or what he signed uh, mm-hmm. for this. And the, I guess the in-between stuff, the splash page stuff, is all about the eyes, Todd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll kind of get to everything else from there. So I guess, what did you think of this issue? Um, I really liked it. I, As they talk about the eyes... Um, they say, like, at one point they say they were talking about letters to each other, and I almost felt like the, uh, these two pages were their vows to each other. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And they were writing their vows to each other, and it was really good because I liked the way they described themselves and how they described each other and how Tom King really set it up as they were discussing each other, how in seeing what they thought of each other and each other thought of themselves, how much he, uh, he, he represented that they understood each other, that they know each other, that they're perfect for each other. Because as they're discussing is like, you hide yourself, you wear these, the cowl with the hiding eyes. So you're the myth, not the man. And she doesn't hide her eyes because she's the, she wants to be known and not hidden. And they both get all that. I'm like, oh my God, like these are two souls that are meant for each other. And Tom King totally established that and represents that in these, these, these words in these splash pages. And I thought, you know, that that was absolutely amazing. But the one thing that I want to say is, as you said, they get, they need their, their judge, which is a brilliant plan. Batman's plan to get for the marriage is fantastic. And I love it. And, but the witnesses when they decide to get their witnesses and Alfred asks who he wants, does he want Master oh. Dick? Does he want Joe? I don't say this often. I cried. I cried at what Bruce tells Alfred and that panel. If I had a billion dollars right now, I would buy this page. I would be like, whoever, just here, take my money. Put here's a check. 
write in as many zeros as you think is fair. Because it, I read that page when he's like, you, it's always been us from the beginning. So you're my, you're my witness. Are you okay with that? And Alfred hugs him. I had to put the book down for a minute. I was like, this is one of the most beautiful pages I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and so, yes. So, I, and so much is said on that panel with nothing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Be- right. So you're saying you want the page. I just want that last panel on that page. Sure. I'll cut that out for oh, you. Okay, good. It. I'm going to magnet it to my uh, refrigerator, like my favorite Ziggy cartoon I cut out of the <laughs> Sunday paper. You, you know what I'll do? I'll get some, uh, some Play-Doh. And I'll do that whole thing where they, oh, you know, you pull putty, it off. You mean. Silly putty. I'll silly putty a coffee for you. Right. So. So as it's going on and as we're getting, as what Todd, you know, and it's very, I think it's a very good analogy to say that that's probably like their vows, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's almost the two of them know each other so well that they both come to the realization at the same time. Kinda. That this may not work out. Mm-hmm. But we do learn at the end that there may be bigger things at play here. More nefarious schemes are happening. Right. So I want to point out a tweet that Tom King put out the other day about this issue, specifically after all the spoiler stuff came out. Uh, He says, Batman 50 is not the end. This is a hundred issue story documenting and celebrating the love of Batman and Catwoman. Whatever happens, whatever anyone says, nothing is going to spoil that. Okay, now we have to talk about, you know, the, the, the like you said, the big ending, that it doesn't happen. They decide she thinks that Batman needs to be happy, and if or if he's happy, Batman is gone, and with her she'll be happy, and she doesn't want to destroy that, that fire that burns to save everybody. That being said... That was set up earlier, and we kind of discussed that, that that might be what it was. Um, but I think, and when you when I read that, and I'm glad you brought up that tweet, because I had that written down myself. It's a hundred, He says, it's my 100-issue story. I believe they are getting married at some point. And this wasn't the spot. This mm-hmm. was the, 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 the fade out, something, something bigger, something made her... Whatever, but I do think when this is over, he gave everybody what they thought was going to happen here, but she's going to come back at some point, and they're going to get married. And I think that's totally going to happen, whether it's in 50 issues or 25 or whatever. That's the way it's going to be. I'm I'm just happy that Tom King's going to be on the book for 100 issues. I, I am, too. I am, too. And we got Kite Man in this issue, too, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> So, obviously, it's known by now that the wedding doesn't happen. Right. And I just want to say something about that. That's one of the things that, because I couldn't say this in the retailer section, that's one of the things the retailers are mad about is because they were promoting this as the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. Now they're, now retailers feel that they won't, people won't want the book because it's not the wedding. Like, nobody cared about uh, Colossus and Kitty not getting married. But at least they got a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, I think, one of the bigger problems is people, retailers got exclusive covers and bought 9,000 copies of a wedding to get an exclusive cover that there's no wedding in. That's one of the big things that ticked off a lot of retailers. Right. So, But anyway, I just wanted to get that out here because I couldn't do it back there. So in the book discussing this, 
when they get their witnesses, and we talked about Batman getting Alfred to be the witness for him, Catwoman gets Holly, who ties all the way back to Batman Year One. Right. And Holly, who she springs out of jail, is kind of the one that verbalizes what the Joker said to her. And obviously, if the Joker's saying something to you, take it with a grain of salt. Catwoman obviously was thinking of these same things, but when the person who she picks as her witness, her confidant, her most trusted person, is the one to bring up those seeds of doubt. Mm -hmm. And then we learn that she is in league with Bane. We see that this is part of something greater than I'm sure even Batman realized. Yes. For as long as Batman has, or Bane has tried to break Batman, he didn't do it physically, he did it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I didn't see that coming. I did not either. You're saying, because, like you're saying, it's pure genius that the Joker saying, you know, hey, your happiness is going to destroy him, is one thing, like you say, but her closest friend of all time saying it your maid of honor saying it right is completely different and did you notice everybody that was standing in the panel with bane as he says the bat is broken yes it's everyone that's been in the tom king run to date right did you notice skeets no i did not so they have the riddler joker psycho pirate gotham girl you know the ventriloquist dr hugo there's a batman which i think is hush because he looks like Batman. I'm not 100% sure why Batman is standing there. But then on the ground at uh, the Ventriloquist's feet is Skeets just sitting there with red eyes. So he's got to hold the Skeets somehow, Joe. Oh, Todd. It's when almost like turn- Tom King writes good stories. That's right. When you turn Skeets, you know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Skeets shoot. No, I think I have a better uh, show title. Oh, okay. So, moving along to one of the other books that came out this week. One of the, There's a ton of new number ones that are coming out this week. Um, I think everyone kind of knew that the Batman thing was going to be such a big deal, so let's piggyback on it and try to hitch our wagon to this uh, trolley. <laughs> but the most deserving of such was Catwoman number one. Uh, written and drawn by Joel Jones, who has done some issues here and there of Batman uh, during the Tom King run. I know her notably from a book that she did at Dark Horse called Lady Killer, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a 50s pastiche. Uh, you know, your typical Donna Reed looking housewife, but she's also a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, right in the cover of this book, it says, first of all, there's word balloons on the cover of a comic book in 2018. Right. It, it is happening more and more often than it isn't, but it's still jarring to still to see when that used to be the commonplace occurrence. Yep. Get off my lawn is what you know is what it's saying when we talk about us remembering uh, old you know uh, blurbs on a cover. Right. So outside of half a page, this is pretty much a standalone story. Mm-hmm. where you get a little bit where she, wherever Catwoman is, she gets a uh, package from Alfred, which is just like, here's the stuff that you left at the mansion. 
And, you know, Catwoman has an adverse reaction to it, of course, where she's been kind of attempting, I'm sure, to avoid what happened and not think about it. That's why she's got a new status quo. She's in a different town. She's gotten new characters introduced. They they bring up about two or three different mysteries that may or may not be tied into things. But the crux of this story is, of course, Catwoman trying to forget her problems of what she did. It turns out that Catwoman, or someone dressed as Catwoman, shoots a cop. Mm-hmm. So now Catwoman is public enemy number one, but Catwoman doesn't... Well, she goes searching, searching out who is... I don't know, trying to frame her, but... You know, obviously it's just more so, this wasn't me, I need to find out who it was. Mm-hmm. And then she finds out a piece of a much bigger puzzle. Right. We don't know if they, that Catwoman's trying to usurp her title, whatever, that's part of the main mystery. Uh, I like the fact that Catwoman's like living hard to try and forget what has happened. She's partying, she's doing like all these things, she's living it up. And she's living a little too hard because it shows that it's slowing her reflexes later in the thing. And one of the best things in this that you mentioned is Alfred sends her forwards, her stuff to where she's at, I think is one of the best moments here in this comic, because it says, here's your stuff. We don't, I don't want any of this at the mansion. And two, if Batman and the bat and the cat ever get back together, I don't think Alfred's ever going to forgive her for what she did ever. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it'll be like he may he may love you, but you 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 broke the bat. Like you were right. worse than Bane. You were worse than Bane. And there's that look when she looks at the the note from from Alfred, and it's just very proper. And she starts to cry. You're like, yeah, I think she's crying because of the memory, but she's also crying because she realizes like Alfred hates her now, just hates her. So, I, like, I, I thoroughly love this book. It's a, especially for the reveal, like you said, at the end that happens. That that's going to go forward. Um, I, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna read Catwoman. It, it looks beautiful. I'm willing to give you know uh, Jolene Jones a chance. You know, as a writer, like you said, she's done some Batman. I'm looking forward to this run on the book. Right. So, if you were on the fence whether or not uh, to get this. Definitely check it out. I, I really enjoyed Catwoman. Right. So again, just wanted to get the um, spoilery discussion kind of in with the spoilery news stuff. So just to kind of get back to our regularly scheduled programming here with the show, let's get into conventions going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is the Fan World Convention in Niagara Falls, New York. There is the Montreal Comic Con, which, Todd, I don't know if you knew this, but all of Canada is right not next to each other. Some parts of it are further across an entire country. Mm-hmm. Is it anywhere near Ottawa where the betrayal happened? I think the Ottawa betrayal is closer to Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn. <laughs> uh, but the Montreal Comic Con has uh, such luminaries there as Dale Keown. Ooh. Remember Dale Keown, Todd? Yes. Uh, Nick Spencer and Dale Eaglesham, underrated uh, artist. Where where have you been, Dale Eaglesham? I miss you. Dale Eaglesham was doing the Terrifics recently? Oh, okay. I believe. He's doing something at DC. He's doing something. I think it was the Terrifics. I think that's a tip that I might be a little bit behind on the Terrifics, Todd. 
Are you behind on the terrific stuff? I'm show? behind on the ter- terrific stuff. And uh, his his website is very not up to date, Todd. Really? I, I know you may be surprised by this. Are you saying artists have other things to do, like play video games instead? <laughs> He's promoting his next big book coming out in March. Oh, March what year? 2018. Oh, at least it's 2018. Right. I just figured it was 2014. He's like, I'm having this little book that we're starting with Gail Simone called uh, oh. Secret Six. A, a lot of Secret Six stuff. A lot of Secret Six and JSA stuff on his website. Right. Books that he hasn't done in uh, four or five years. Anyway. Uh, But the big one, I think, this weekend is the Garden State Comic Fest, which is somewhere in New Jersey. I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. New Jersey's another suspect place. What? Like their their suspect website. I don't know about that. It could be in Morristown, New Jersey. Does that sound like a place? Uh, Yeah. Uh, it does claim that it's New Jersey's coolest con, and with the weather this weekend, boy, howdy, it better be. <laughs> uh, but some of the big names that are going to be at this one is uh, Adam Kubert, the animal Chris Batista, uh, Jim Calafiore, Marv Wolfman, who we mentioned earlier with the Teen Titans stuff, Tom Mandrake, and there's very few people when I put in my show notes that I just put like a first name for them. Mm-hmm. One of them is Rob. The Rob is going to be there? Uh, no, but another person who I don't have to put their first and last name, I just put Keith. Oh, the Keith. Right. He's not the Keith, he's just Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you know anyone who's going to this convention this weekend, Todd? I know one person who's going. Okay. Uh, one person is our our good buddy DJ, and I've seen another guy who's going. Okay. It's, it's in the mirror. Even oh, though I my hate, goodness. Even though I hate looking in the mirror. Now, I know you're going there with a mission, but if I could if I could task you with something. Okay. Is to get another Mark picture with the Keith. That's funny, because when I asked the, our good buddy DJ if he wanted to go, his literally, I could show you, his first response was, can we reenact the picture of you and Joe with Keith? <laughs> and I was like, and I was just like, sure. And then I moved on to the next question. Uh, great minds think alike. So you should come along to reenact this picture. Are you guys going? Well, we're going on Sunday. What do you got on Sunday? Probably some dumb soccer match or a wrestling match or something. No, Sunday we're going to see the Ant Man. Right. And then we're going to play the Pokemon. Ugh! <laughs> Can't you just ignore your son for one weekend? No. My God. I mean, well, you know? and again, it's terrible to say, but I'm ignoring him on Saturday because we have a wedding that we're going to that April is sadly making the cake for, mm-hmm. but it's a no kids allowed wedding. Now, I have a question. Is she sadly making a cake? She's like, eh. she's like doing the batter. She yeah. needs to stop offering to do cake. Like she retired from doing cakes the year my son was born. No, oh, he's going to be seven in October. She has done at least two cakes a year every year since he's been born. That's 14 cakes, Joe. She's the Terry Funk of cake retirements. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Forever. <laughs> I would love to see your wife. Just no more cakes. Forever. 
It's just going to be, it's hot. It's going to be in a barn. <laughs> it's going to be a barn burner, Joe. Well, if the barn burns what? down, I just hope I'm not in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, uh, the links to all this stuff, of course, as well as the time codes for when we're discussing spoilers about Batman and Catwoman are going to be in the show notes, uh, along with uh, links to the soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com or soon to be named network.tumblr.com where you could find information and postings of all the great shows in the soon to be named network, whether it be this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Podvocacy, Everlasting Minute, uh, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, and Todd, I have it on very good authority that. Uh, Prodigal Sons podcast is returning. No. I hear they have a new editor. They do? What's his name? Well, I can tell you this. Just like you said you saw in the mirror the guy that's going <laughs> to the Garden State Con, I mm-hmm. see the guy in the mirror who's going to be doing the shoddy edit job on <laughs> Prodigal Sons podcast. I'm both sorry to hear that, that they have you as their editor, and I'm sorry to hear that you have to look in the mirror. Well, I'm sorry about the looking in the mirror part. I'm just happy that the show is coming back. Um, I'm not very much of a political guy, Mm -hmm. and profane argument is all politics. Right. But I love Jared's take on stuff. (laughs) He's like a local version of a still funny, still relevant Louis Black. Okay. So even though I, I don't love political stuff, I love hearing Jared, and that was one of the things... Uh, that I missed about uh, Prodigal Son's podcast going away. Oh, much, so much so, I told him when I saw him this weekend, I go, I'll, I'll, I'll edit Prodigal Sons for you, but if you and Brian start to do the Star Trek podcast again, I can't help you there. What? Yeah. That's the glue that holds the Prodigal Sons together. Nah, that's actual glue that holds them together. Oh, dead horses. So, if and when, uh... Allegedly, it's going to be next week, the return episode, edited by me, posted by me, and so forth, is coming out of Prodigal Sons <laughs> Podcast. So my fingers are crossed that I get that email that says, files are ready, and I'll be like, oh boy. You're going to write the team tune and sing the team tune? I don't know what that's a reference to. That's from Little Britain. If the fancy gentleman's listening, he'll get it. I hope he is. Me too. Because I got something for him. Oh, boy. So, digital sales and freebies, Todd, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, Dark Horse is having a sale on all their stuff. It's 50% off everything. It's one of those deals where you have to put the code in, though. So, okay, let's just be careful there. Mm-hmm. Dynamite is having a sale on Vampirella stuff. And I know this isn't a problem that you have, Todd, but as I was getting the show notes together in my groggy state uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I'm going to Comixology, rubbing the... Rubbing the gunk out of my eyes, looking at all, like, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And my wife comes in, and she's like, good morning, and everything, and there I am with the the Comixology page with Vampirella spilled all over the place. And she goes, oh, they're still hanging on to that costume, huh? Oh, I'll never forget being in the comic shop, and, you know, the new books are there. You know how you have the metal rack that they put up sometimes where the new books are? There was two young ladies I had never seen in the shop before, and they walked in, and there's the Vampirilla costume, just big as bold as, you know, brass tacks, and they're like, hmm, that's very impractical. <laughs> they just walked <laughs> off, and I just, I was like, 
don't lose it. Don't lose it. Ah, oh, you get some tape and you'll be fine. <laughs> Double-sided tape. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, there's also a sale on Love and Rockets. Uh, it's a comic book I've never read, but I know is very popular. Indie Slice of Life books, uh, which is kind of uh, non-superhero, non-sci-fi, non-whatever. Just people being people, man. I wonder if it has anything to do with the 4th of July and the Rockets' red glare. Oh, that's not ba- that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IDW Transformers sale is still going on in perpetuity. I think it'll be at the end of this month. Did you say Transformers sale or Transformers stale? Transformers sale. It sounded like you said stale. That's no. all I'm going to say. Transformers ain't stale, bro. I didn't say they were, but that's what it sounded like you said. All right. And this is now, so, um, okay, so we have to do, I'm going to tell you these things in this order. So there's an Ant-Man sale going on, Todd. It's Ant-Man <laughs> stuff because there's a new Ant-Man movie coming out this weekend, right? Right. And there's a lot of good stuff in that Ant-Man sale, uh, whether it be the uh, Nick Spencer Ant-Man run, um, you know, assorted issues of Avengers and West Coast Avengers where Ant-Man played a pivotal role. Um, just trying to see where else. Uh, Avengers Academy is included in this. Underrated series. Highly recommended. Check out Avengers Academy if you missed it from the uh, mid-2000s. Uh, very good run, and uh, I think uh, Hank was one of the uh, teachers in there, so that's why that's included in this. But I also want to mention, in conjunction with the Ant-Man sale, in conjunction with the Ant-Man story that's coming out, uh, Ant-Man movie that's coming out, the Marvel Unlimited thing um, is having a deal this month where, with the promo code Ghost, spoiler, Ghost is the villain in the movie. What? Yep. You can get the first month of the Marvel Unlimited for two cents. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And it's Marvel's back catalog, and from what I understand, from what people have told me, they've done a much better job of getting stuff up there, getting stuff organized, and not having issues missing from key runs, and if there's something that crosses over into something else that it typically shouldn't, they do a much better job of directing you to where that would be. Right. And I think the turnaround time is about f- six months from what's new on the shelves to it being available on Marvel Unlimited. Now, you were mentioning that Ant-Man sale. Does that have the Ant-Man that was in the Jeff Johns Avengers run? Hmm, good question. And does it have the Rob- Robert Kirkman Ant-Man? Because I know he needs the scratch on those those sales. So I highly doubt either one of those is in the sale. I'm looking now. Because I was just curious. That's immediate. Whenever I hear Ant-Man stuff at Marvel, I'm, I, like I think of a lot of stuff. Nick Spencer was great. But that Robert Kirkman run was amazing. Robert Kirkman stuff not in it. How's he going to feed his family? He'll just sell another show to... Uh... Hulu. Amazon, and he'll be fine. Amazon, that's right. Avengers AI is in this. Age of Ultron is in this. Mm-hmm. Uncanny Avengers. Assorted issues of West Coast Avengers. A random issue of Secret Invasion. 
No, it's a lot of the uh, Scott, you know, it's more heavy Scott Lang stuff since that's the right. Ant-Man that's in the movie, you know? Got ya. Yeah. Now, the other sales that are going on is there is a Batman-related sale, Till Death Do Us Part sale. So it's a bunch of Batman and Catwoman stuff. Um, I recommend picking up, they have the three trades of the Ed Brubaker Catwoman run. Mm -hmm. Another highly underrated run. I never read that. Oh, it's really good. I recommend it. It's on sale if you're so inclined. Sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, Todd, I hope you're sitting down for this. I am sitting down. Do you want me to stand up? No, uh, you're good sitting down. Um, Okay. Both. Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns are in this sale. What? I know. That's just crazy talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things I also want to mention, just random, I wouldn't say randomly, of course, it's Catwoman stuff. The Batman Confidential issues 17 to 21. The Bat and the Cat? No, uh, it is, well, Bat and the Cat, yes, it's uh, Bat Woman, or Bat Girl and Cat Woman. I know those issues. I know you know those issues. Um, underrated, um, another great run to pick up, but also in this is Heroes in Love stuff, where it's like, all right, we got to fill this sale out. Uh, here's volume two of I, Vampire. <laughs> well, they are in love. Mm-hmm. Here's trade number 12 of Astro City. Here's trade number 4 of Nightwing. Then I don't want you to... Well, then they have a bunch of wedding issues. Then they have more Catwoman stuff and more Batman stuff and so on and so forth. So it's it's an interesting mix. You know, your usuals are in there. Your Dark Knight Returns and your Batman Year One contractually obligated to be in every... Three out of every four, every uh, four DC sales. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also, just as I'm looking things over, uh, Nightwing Annual 2. That's a great issue. Great issue. You can get it for a buck. And then you can listen to the old episode that we talk about on Todd and Jaw of Issues. That's right. From all that time way back there. That's right. So a lot of good stuff in that one. Now, this one, Todd, I want to mention, Marvel is having a sale that they're calling... 100 Marvel Pivotal Collections. Ooh. Uh, now, Todd, we've discussed this before, and as good as Marvel is, <laughs> yes, what yes. they consider must-haves or pivotal, pivotal. or whatever, whatever you say mm-hmm. leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. And listen, my paycheck cleared, so of course I have to talk positively about Marvel this week. Right, right. But Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Right. I don't know how pivotal that is. That is very pivotal. He kills the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give you Civil War. I'll give you Civil War 2, okay? Civil War was huge. Okay. Civil War 2 Fallout? Well, if you have Civil War 2, you have to read the Fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel, uh, Ultimatum? Oh, you mean, you, that's, you're Go meant ahead. to read that. It's an ultimatum. Yeah, you yeah. You you know, turn down an ultimatum. Uh, Axis? Remember Axis, Todd? 
Yes, that's where we got Superior uh, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They're going to finish that story any day now, right? They finished that story, I think. Uh, Galactic Storm? That was a storm that was galactic. You can't not want to read that. Mm-hmm. Now, we get into the X-Men stuff, and you got you get a little bit better. You got Days of Future Past. You got Dark Phoenix, Phoenix Saga. <laughs> Careful there. Right, right. But then you got Executioner Song. Okay. Uh, slow your roll there, son. That is one of my favorite X stories. Yeah. That's one of the only X stories I bought. It came with bagged cards. I love the Executioner Song. I don't think you get bagged cards with this. Uh, not in the not in the digital sale, no. Though you should. Uh, maximum Carnage. Oh, Carnage! That's at maximum. Uh-huh. Who needs as, that? As a rib, that's a fun uh, little story. <laughs> as a rib. What? If, if you want to play a prank on a friend of yours, make them read <laughs> Maximum Carnage, and that, then make them read Ultimatum. That still sells, by the way, in shops. Oh, maximum I know. Carnage. I know. People come looking for that, don't you? I mean. It's like making fun of Sonic the Hedgehog. Those they sell in the comic shop. I don't make fun of no Sonic the Hedgehog. I respect Sonic. But you don't respect the carnage that is Maximum. No. Uh, the Star Wars prequels of the Spider-Man universe. The One More Day collections. <laughs> that good, huh? Oh. I wonder if they have uh, Dex, the, the 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 diner owner, in that. I think that's Morlin, or I don't know. Oh, I like Leslin myself. Mm. Uh, the Neil Gaiman's penned Eternals. All right. That's a Neil Gaiman book. They're always essential. Monsters Unleashed. <sighs> Mo- Unleashed Monsters? Who doesn't want that? Right, right. Now, I will say this. Uh, we kid because we love. Huh. There's some good stuff in here, too. Um, All of Annihilation Conquest. Con- yep. That was good. That's what kickstarted what. If you love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you have Annihilation to thank for it. You do. Yes, yes. you do. And that goes back to Keith starting mm-hmm. all that. The Keith. The Keith. You told me it was just the Keith. I'm confused now. Well, you. I said it was just Keith, and you kept calling him the Keith. Well, then it's is it? He's the. We we can either have the Rob and Keith or. Rob and the Keith. It's got to be one way or the other. We can't have two thes. It's the Rob. All right, so then it's just Keith. Right. So I don't know. All the links to those will be in the show notes. Check those out. We kind of spent a little more time on those, but I was like, uh, you know, hoping that Marvel one day will, (laughs) I don't know, have stuff that's evergreen and much, much beloved like your Batman Year Ones and your Dark Knight Returns. Right. Well, they just put their Daredevil Frank Miller stuff in there. It is in there. Then there you go. There's your pivotal stuff. Right. Even though that doesn't make any sense to you since Daredevil is a Mark Wade creation just from the last ten years or so. I've heard rumors that Frank Miller wrote him and drew him along the way somewhere. Now, they do have new freebies up. Um, they have uh, Daredevil End of Days, which was strangely a holdover from the last set of freebies. Uh, the first issue of Iron Man from the Heroes Return deal. Remember Heroes Return, Todd? Yes, I do. I have a whole set of jokes for that. So, you know that I love the Heroes Return. Hmm. What? 
Now, see, these books were listed under the freebies just a few days ago, and now they've gone and flip-flopped them on me. Oh, see, you're supposed to check that stuff before the show. See, that's why I prepare every I before every episode. I did check before the show. You did not. All right, so the real books that are for free is the <laughs> uh, Marvel's Black Panther movie prequel book. Right. Uh, Old Man Logan number one uh, by Which Jeff Lemire. Okay. The first issue of Fantastic Four from the 60s. And Books of Doom by Ed Brubaker. The the first issue or the whole run? First issue. Those are That's free. Such, okay. I think the the, 60, the 60s Fantastic Four is always free. It's not, actually. Strangely, oh, really? Strangely, it's not. Okay. Trust me on this one. I know. You do. You check before every show. Ugh. I did the list on Friday. And they changed it since Friday. That's why you got to do it right before the show. I know. And I just did. So now I'm here. Okay. So uh, just pretend that the what we read last week's section is already here. We've done it. If you skipped it because you don't want to be spoiled on Batwoman and Cat, uh, Batman and Catwoman stuff, there you go. Now let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 4.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Eastern Time, maybe sometimes earlier when there's a midnight sale, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, whether you're stealing them off the back of a UPS truck, which is why none of the shops are getting their books, be forewarned <laughs> and be forearmed. Know what books you're stealing. Uh, so you know who specifically you're hurting with your thievery. Right. Uh, to, two of the things that Todd and I are doing in the calendar year 2018 with our books is, one, attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I am in the lead with 15 correct guesses. Todd has 13 correct guesses. And we're also keeping the running tally of how much money we have spent on books. And uh, I thought I was going to get you this week. Oh, I think I beat you by 15 cents, but it's still not enough. That's just one deck chair off the Titanic, Todd. That's eight more cents than seven cents. <laughs> so I started the show. Uh, I'm going to look at your list and try to guess what you're looking forward to coming out. Now, I was chastised for keeping Batman and Catwoman on the list, since I did tell some folks that we were going to be discussing them on the show. Yeah, but they're part of our pool list this Right, week, and that's so what I said. I go, anything there. that we buy. Right. But they're immediately disqualified from what we're looking forward to next week because we discussed them already. Right. Not everyone gets our show itinerary before the poll post goes out, Todd. I don't even get our itinerary sometimes. Well, you do. You just don't check your email. Oh, that's where it is. Right. So the book I think you're most looking forward to coming out this week, Todd, would be Cosmic Ghost Rider number one. It is the Ghost Rider who's cosmic number one. Mm-hmm. Is that also the book you're looking forward to the most? It is. Uh, All right. Written by Donny Cates, more or less a continuation <laughs> of what Donny Cates was doing in Thanos. Uh, kind of a spin-off-y testing. This one, at least we know, uh, is a limited series. And from some of the covers and solicitation text and just some of the tweets from Donny Cates, I think this is going to be the one where he lets he's going to let loose a little bit more on this one, Todd. Let his hair down, if you will. He's going to let slip the dogs of war and cry mm. havoc? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to do that, too. Right. 
Uh, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have over there. Uh, everything that Todd and I have done jointly in regards to comic books exists over at longboxheroes.com, as does the little button for our store, where you could purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them and show the world, share with everyone, that you, in fact, are a listener of this show. That's right. Who knows? They might have. I might have them at the Garden State Con. Oh, that's true. Should have stooged that off to me so I can give you a couple more. But anyway. Oh, no, I have plenty. Okay. Uh, now, if you don't want to do any of that, of course, you'd always click the Amazon link across the top of the page. Costs you nothing extra. Gives us a f- few shekels on the back end, the official currency of the Internet. And uh, I'm not going to give you the whole keeps the light on, server cost, whatever, whatever, whatever. It just makes Todd happy at the end of the month when I'm sending him his cut of the money from uh, selling the shirt that I threw in the crowd, as well as uh, the Amazon <laughs> stuff. Wait, you threw a shirt in the crowd? Mm-hmm. I'll explain that one later. Okay. See, if I can't get 50,000 downloads mm-hmm. or reviews, I just want a nice good cha-ching at the end of the month. There you go. Uh, but people in the last week have gone internet purchasing crazy through our site, and we do thank you very much for that. Uh, some of the notable purchases is a book called Unmentionable, The Victorian Lady's Guide to Sex, Marriage, and Manners. Oh, I'm clutching my pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone also purchased uh, Ventilate Wear-Resistant Tactical Gloves, Hard Knuckle and Foam Protection. For shooting airsoft, hunting, cycling, motorcycle. Uh, these are gloves that I would assume that you use in your mixing of martial arts. Hmm. I think I know who bought those then. All right. Uh, someone also bought a grill, which I wish you bought your grill through us. But I appreciate you buying all of your grill accessories. Oh. Uh, whether it be the, gra- the gas grill cover, the barbecue brush... Uh, or the Weber Grill Cleaning Spray. You got a spray. Mm-hmm. Just to make it today? Every way. Uh, someone also purchased the Illustrated Principles of Pool and Billiards. Ooh, I bet you that was Minnesota Fats. Now, I, well, I will say this. Um, not that I would deter anyone from making a purchase through our Amazon click-through, but you could just purchase Van Hammerly's instructional video where he teaches you fractions and history through billiards. <laughs> uh, and someone also purchased... Now, Todd, there's a lot of times where people do things specifically to trigger another person. <laughs> that I know I'm going to do this thing or say this thing to get someone's goat. Joke's on you, friend. Whoever purchased the four-pack of the vinyl Funko Pops, Kenny Omega, Cody, no last name, (laughs) and two others that you could put something in between and smoosh it together. (laughs) Uh, The Bullet Boys four-pack. Smooth up in ya! (laughs) While I am triggered and having to acknowledge two of those four people... You know what would really trigger me if someone purchased through our Amazon uh, click-through? If they bought a leather sectional couch. Oh, boy. I'd really be upset. Oh, you'd really show me who's boss. I think there's a yacht at Amazon, too. I think if you also purchased uh, an upright arcade machine through Amazon, 
and paid for the shipping too, not prime shipping. (laughs) Oh, my blue blood would boil on that one. Yikes. Now, that being said, I I would be remiss to mention that we are uh, very, I think we're about two weeks away, or we're about a week away from Prime Day, where uh, Amazon has a bunch of different deals and sales and all sorts of whatnots on uh, a lot of your favorite Amazon items. Uh, I know in the past, some of the sale items have been suspect. Um, I'll never forget the time that they, Todd, had a blowout on memory cards for the PS1. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a thing someone needs in 2014 or 15 or whenever that was. Well, you never know. They probably were storing all their old games before they destroyed the PS1. Touché. Uh, so if you're waiting on Prime, if you're looking to support us and you want to, uh, you know, not uh, and get some good deals, Prime Day is coming up. We'll remind you again as Prime Day gets a little bit closer, of course, if you are going to partake in Prime Day. Uh, use our link. It'll make Todd happy. It does. And that's really the only reason we do anything, isn't it? Yes. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. We had three of them. Jason Sandberg drew a minivan. That's the only thing I guess I could describe it as. Very nice minivan. I'd like to own that minivan. Um, also, mega contributor Euronymous. He got a Yannick Paquette Swamp thing. That's very beautiful. I love Yannick Paquette, and I want a Swamp thing. So if Euronymous just wants to send that to the, our local comic shop via my name, that would be great. Uh, very beautiful. And... Uh, our friend Josh had a Jim Ballant sketch cover of Death from Sandman. That was very nice. So, all wonderful contributions. Thank you, everyone. Of course, if you're going to a convention this weekend, next weekend, anytime this summer, uh, and you purchase some art, get some art commissioned for you, whatever it is, uh, just make sure that you tag Todd's Art Attack in there and... Uh, We'll make sure to share your cool purchases, commissions, or otherwise with the rest of the world. Yay. Now, Todd, the last thing that we have here to discuss would be Cloak and Dagger. Spoiler-filled talk. The second time on the show. (laughs) Well, this one's toward the end of the show, so everyone kind of knows this is where things, you know, things are wrapping up. If you don't like the TV talk, you're not watching... uh, Cloak and Dagger, we bid you adieu. We'll see you next week, all that sort of stuff. But if you care, hang out. We're going to talk about uh, the latest episode of uh, Cloak and Dagger. Yes, we are. So this is more of the continuation of Tandy and Tyrone attempting to get their house in order. Uh, This one was a little bit more interesting on the Tandy end of things. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I was more intrigued about her uh, failed attempts at espionage and how it ties into her Instagram followers right? than I was about Tyrone playing basketball. Though, of the Tyrone playing basketball, it was very interesting that he was having the visions of all the other kids worried that if they don't, all the, the black kids worried that if they don't win and go, like, get uh, college stuff from this game, that th- their lives aren't going to work out, plus the ref 
was going to get his knees broken because obviously, and they showed earlier in the season that he was making weird calls that he's on the take, which I think is going to come into play later in the episodes. So I really like that. But overall, other than him starting to learn to use his powers, um, that's, that's kind of cool. And I hope though that it's not, there was one thing that earlier on he goes to see his brother, his older dead brother's uh, friend that he knew. And then that comes into play later that he finds out that he's wrapped up with the cop who killed his brother for some reason, even though he doesn't look like it's happy. It just seems that I hope him appearing where he has to be doesn't become an easy plot device instead of good writing. If you know what I mean? Yes. It's just like, Oh, well we need him to know this. Oh, he just magically appears there so he could see what's going on. And I'm like, okay, that's going to get old quick if you, if you use that to, to get him information that he needs every time. So other than that, I kind of, you know, that's the things that I liked about the Tyrone. I was more interested in the Tandy stuff also. Right now, how you mentioned he was bumping into the players to see the things that they were afraid of, where Tandy was at that party. Uh, bumping in all the people that work for Roxxon so she could see, and there was that guy who was the connective tissue for all of them. Right, which was a good visual of the way she had the paperwork on the floor, and then his picture goes in the middle, Right, where he connects it all. It's it's very cliche, but it works very well to tell you this is the guy, this is the glue that holds all this together. Right. So now, you know, as she's trying to solve the mystery, she has the target. She has the person... Was it Scarborough was the guy's name or something? I think so. Right. Um, so she has the guy. He's in all these people's memories. And, uh, yeah, so she has her target. Uh, Tyrone is just finding more and more people. And I think eventually we're going to meet and they're going to uh, finally have to be superheroes to take everything down. Right. Tandy, and... well, Tandy's in control of her, of her powers now. She can control when she makes the light daggers appear. Which actually is a great effect. Mm-hmm. I do like that effect. Um, she's doing all that, and I, and I like that. And then there's a third plot of the cop that Tandy was talking to about the guy who tried to molest her, and then, you know, he, she stabbed him with a light dagger, so all that. So she sends Tyrone to her because she knows that she can trust her because he's looking for that dirty cop, and she starts looking into the dirty cop, and she figures out that he's getting, uh, Tyrone tells him that he's stealing cocaine from the evidence room. So she, I think, is pretending to do Spectrox, I believe, because she talks about how she was undercover, and she said nobody would ever believe uh, that unless she did a line. There was one guy that she was undercover with that he said, if you don't do a line, I I won't even let you near me. So I think she knows how to fake it. So she didn't actually do cocaine when she was with the fake, with the, 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 the crooked cop, if you know what I mean. I think we're going to find that out later. That's, but I, I, I want to see where that goes. Yes. Um, I, I was shocked at first and then I'm like, oh no, wait, she's, she's working, brother. Yep. That's fake Spectrox right there. Mm-hmm. And I like that she used the guy that Tandy screwed over to get information. Right. And he's like, yep. He's like, she's like, you're still in here. He's like, yeah, I, I invested a lot of money in somebody who wasn't worth it. And I and I want to see if all these pieces come back to like you know as the show goes on. Um, I'm not blown away by Cloak and Dagger, but I enjoy it enough every week. It's 
it's the next Krypton for me that I had such a low bar that I'm enjoying it. If that makes any sense, not as much as Krypton, but still enjoying it. Right. It's it's not like I'm like, all right, you're dragging your feet, you're whatever it is. I want to see them in the superhero outfits already, but I, I'm still intrigued to see where everything else is going. Right. So, is there anything else? No, I think that's it. Um, you know, not a ton to talk about. You know, we're kind of in the middle of everything. The pieces are still being moved around. Uh, not as much. New Orleans voodoo mumbo jumbo in this. Right. Though I do think uh, Tyrone's girlfriend, who he gave his jacket to, which I didn't know was a, th- I still don't understand how that works as a thing because I never had a letter letterman jacket. Um, but I think she's a bigger piece of the puzzle than we actually think. Mm, I interesting. Think, I think back when the mother made the, the food, the, the, the 3d model of his stuff for her, her, uh, her fireplace mantle and put it with all the other voodoo stuff. Yes. That, that was a clue that, and now that she keeps maneuvering this Tyrone where he's got to be, I think she's a bigger piece of the puzzle. I'm wondering if she's going to turn out to be like her mother's going to be some like mystic character that we don't from the Marvel universe that we don't know. Yes. So I'm hoping to find that out. I'm very intrigued. I'm sticking with it to the end. We're, uh, what, like I said, we're about, what, five, six episodes in? I think so. I think we only have four left, maybe? Yep. And then uh, maybe we'll watch Outcast. Who knows what we'll do? Maybe uh, I'll finally watch Riverdale. Highly unlikely. But, uh, Wait a minute. There, there's a second season Outcast? That's what I hear. They keep talking Ooh. about it. You would think they would advertise it or something. Oh, on the back of comics would be a good idea. Right. All right, everyone, so for Todd, this is Joe, wishing all of our friends in the United States a happy 4th of July. Uh, Everyone else who's not in the United States, enjoy your Wednesday. And uh, thanks for listening to Longbox Heroes. We'll catch you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Woo!